Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Korean scroll of all ages, welcome to the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, comrade, and partner in crime, Travis, on the latest episode of... The Merry Marvel Roundout, where we are breaking down our choices for the top five heroes we'd like to see join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's hard to believe that at the time of his uh, big screen debut back in 2008's Iron Man, Marvel's current shining star, Tony Stark, and his invincible iron armor barely had an indent in pop culture. But now, over a decade later, 20-plus films already in the bag, an entire expanding universe with a slate of feature films and spin-offs being announced for the inevitable future the mcu has brought more and more characters to the fold often turning former unknown heroes into pop culture icons and it shows no signs of stopping digging deeper and deeper into the vast well of marvel characters yet to grace the silver screen so whew, got out of breath for a sec before jumping into our list of the top five heroes we'd like to see join the Marvel Cinematic Universe, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening to this and join the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast Facebook group to talk Marvel with a bunch of like-minded fellows. So now that we got all the formal uh, <laughs> shit out of the way, Travis, <laughs> let's talk You know how much deeper and deeper Marvel is going to go with their introductions of characters. Um before the show, you and I were kind of talking how amazing it is that they've been able to take what we've already kind of thought of as C and D list level characters and turn them into kind of staples of of pop culture. It's kind of penetrated everywhere. Like when I was a kid, I mean, like, did you know a lot about Rocket Raccoon and Star-Lord and all that before the Guardians of the Galaxy movies? Like, did you even care? And like, we grew up reading Marvel and like, did you even care about some of the characters oh, yeah. they've introduced I so far? I had heard of Rocket Raccoon. I had heard of the Guardians, but most of the Guardians I didn't know by name or any of that. Uh, it was just like the comic you would occasionally see on the shelf that I, I didn't pick up. Yeah, pretty uh, much. It was yeah. a weird looking thing with the guy with the mohawk and the green lady. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on limited funds, so I, I yeah. had to prioritize the the shit that I was already reading in main like 90s Silver Surfer, <laughs> Spider-Man, some Xbox and like, huh? And those weren't like your favorite cards. They were always the ones that's like, what the fuck is Racket Raccoon? Like you'd get it in like a trading card set or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of be enamored with it. Yeah, you, you, you see them in like the handbooks and stuff like that. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like the complete guide to the Marvel Universe or something along those lines. You know, you would see like, I mean, even <clears throat> some of like the, the main players like they've made... Yeah. Well, um, like, I'm not even sure if they were in there, really. <laughs> I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to remember any Rocket Raccoon, Raccoon trading card either. <laughs> but I'm yeah. sure they must have at some point. But. Yeah, but now, I mean, like, you know, not just with the Guardians, with a lot of the Earth-based stuff, like, you know, Baron Zemo is a household name, like, mm -hmm. like things that only, like, you know, comic book readers would know have become, you know, gigantic sensations, um, no matter how big or small they were prior. And... Marvel doesn't seem to be running out of steam, so we can kind of only expect that it's going to get, you know, not even they, there's still some like heavy hitters out there. Like, obviously, you know, you think of Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man and things and the Hulk and along those lines, you know, and even Ant-Man. But there's still some some heavy hitters bigger than the things that we've already seen adapted that are coming. Um mm -hmm. Before the show, we were talking about some things that we want to exclude from our list because it would be very easy for us to just say all four members of the Fantastic Four right off the bat. And also there's a lot of characters we haven't seen yet who are already announced or being cast and, or have a title announced or something along those lines. So, you know, Reed Richards and Moonlight would probably be my number one and two, but I already know that we're getting them. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to keep them off the list for the time being. So with that being said, Travis, who um, do you want to start your list of top five heroes that you want to see join the MCU with? Oh, yeah, yeah. You should mention that we're also not including X uh, oh, heroes. 
because we want to make an X. The big one. <laughs> that is we'll the make big a one. separate list for the X uh, characters down the line. But yeah, they, yes. they kind of work yeah. them their own. Yes. Uh, it would be very easy just to pick mutants as well. So you know yes, what I mean? Yes. Uh, so with I, that caveat in mind, who would you want to start your list off with? <laughs> this one obviously. I've already mentioned once, but it's Silver Surfer. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, the first comic I ever bought as a kid and one that... Uh, I still enjoy, and I I just like to see him adapted into live action along with uh, the rest of his characters, really. Uh, sporting cast. <laughs> Silver Surfer is like kind of almost one of the best ways that Marvel can think about kind of bringing the cosmic world to the Earth-based stuff without it being some sort of... Uh, like I like he's a very human character. So the entire idea that, you know, you're the herald of doom for all mm-hmm. of these years and you've seen this destruction and then he finds earth and he's like, you know, I can, you know, live upon earth with these feelings. This is a place where like, you know, these feelings are being accepted. Um, I, I think that with the fantastic four in the near future, it's, it's kind of a, a guaranteed bet that we're going to be silver surfer, but yeah. Yeah. <sighs> It's gonna be hard to not make him super mopey. <laughs> well, that is kind of the thing too. I I, I kind of don't want them to introduce him in a Fantastic Four movie. Um, okay. I, I'd rather see him being introduced on another planet because I don't really love landlocked Silver Surfer. Uh, I get that it. If they do go that route, it'll be fine. But I just want to see more cosmic stuff. And have you read the dance slot? And Mike Allred drawn um, kind of recent back. run on the Silver Surfer, yeah. Uh, I've read bits and pieces. Uh, no, not the entire thing. Uh, it's it's I, I like the art. Uh, yeah, Mike Allred is one of my like all time favorite artists. Like regardless, like when I was a kid, I loved uh, Madman, and he did all the um, uh, Jay and Silent Bob cartoons too oh, back yeah. in the day. He was a guy who did all that for Mall Rats and everything. I, I mean, the like, way he, he draws Silver Surfer's eyes remind me of like it was a super old school uh, uh, Silver Surfer, like just very thick lines and it mm-hmm. clean, yeah. like clean as can be, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that was a kind of fun run that like kind of shows how you can have Silver Surfer if you were to introduce him in like a starring vehicle, you know, with the Disney Plus shows and stuff like that. It's, it's almost like this serialized kind of Doctor Who like or, or Star Trek original series where each thing kind of has their or each issue rather kind of had its own kind of self-contained little adventure the way like the mm-hmm. first Star Trek series had or Doctor Who had because um, I'm kind of with you. I don't. While I don't want to see him introduced with the Fantastic Four, obviously we want to see him brought into the fold with the Fantastic Four. But I, mm. I don't know if Silver Surfer will necessarily work as like a movie on its own. Do you? Or do you think he'll be introduced and just be in something else and just be this character almost like the Hulk is now? Oh, God. That's tough. I... <laughs> I'm biased. Like, I, yeah. I think <laughs> you could make a, a whole six tick of uh, like in Silver Surfer movies with him just navigating uh, uh, intergalactic politics with the Kree and the Shi'ar. And, uh, just cruising the cosmos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like getting the, uh, the balance of humor and seriousness right is going to be the issue, I think. So I don't want it to be completely a joke, but uh, I also... I can understand them not wanting him to be uh, quite as mopey, like you said. Uh, he's a very I mean, mopey he's, character. <laughs> he's very haunted by the things that he did. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think that would come down to, like, giving him uh, a sporting cast that can offset that, I think. Uh, or creating the right tone with the right director, like finding the right filmmakers and the right script for Silver Surfer. There's, <laughs> there's definitely something there, because there is a fine balance with mopey silver surfer just going around feeling bad and then going on to a new planet and feeling worse and you know what i mean <laughs> like i love i'm sorry i love this silver surfer he's number one on my list too and you know we've often joked about having this like expressionistic like kind of german art film directed mm-hmm. by Werner herzog and starring Werner herzog as the voice of a cgi surfer and it kind of being like the perfect fit <laughs> in mm-hmm. a lot of ways but uh I mean, Marvel does such a good job, like, pairing the source material with the right fit to actually, like, sell a movie and make them almost more likable. Like, 
I kind of like Taika's Thor for what it is almost I don't want to say more than in the comic books of Thor but it's kind of like I could see why it's more appealing and I have no problem with it and if they yeah, did something yeah, yeah. like does with that make the, sense like Taika's mm-hmm. funny like, but he's I also like, very serious so. I'm in the minority that likes the uh the tone I guess of the first two Thor movies more but just because the seriousness of it but I get that it wasn't working for most audiences and what Taika did worked so yeah, that's kind of the yeah. way you have to go. And I still I like Thor Ragnarok a lot. It is one of the funniest Marvel movies. Uh, I mean, I kind of like when we did the giant size episode and we were going back talking about all the phase two films, I was kind of praising Dark World more than I probably should have. I, I, like, <laughs> I love that movie. And I, and I, I don't know, back to like the Silver Surfer again, like finding that tone and making it, you mm-hmm. know, not only appealing for the people that, you know, were have been fans of the source material for so long, but the way Marvel kind of makes these things appealing to the entire world while still retaining the integrity of like, yes, this is a character with a ton of history is, is always an amazing juggling act. So for a character like yeah. Silver Surfer, they, they have their fucking hands full because he is weird and he is sad mm-hmm. and he's a giant silver man who like lost his family who drives a giant silver surfboard to power a planet eating purple monster yeah yeah the the the, like the surfboard thing makes me think that introducing him in a guardians movie might be a good idea that way they can acknowledge how silly that is a bit yes yes uh you gotta call it out because it's yeah yeah i mean it's preposterous uh and it People know that he's writing a surfboard because it's his fucking name, pretty much. So it's not, uh, uh, yeah, like having a Frankie Ray slash that version of Nova be a sporting character could help offset, uh, the seriousness of Silver Surfer, I think. But, I, I agree. Kind mm-hmm. of on the, uh, the same cosmic bandwagon as you, I would. So other than Silver Surfer, another character who's not only kind of been teased out forever, but is also kind of like an underground fan favorite that I would take is is Beta Ray Bill as my mm-hmm. number one. Um, when I was a kid, I read the Walt Simonson Thor run. Um, I kind of grew up on like high fantasy and Tolkien stuff, which I go on a little bit about uh, too much on this podcast. But um, having a, you know, a worthy holder of Thor's title in this cosmic kind of Shakespearean world of gods and monsters, having a little role like horse bone monster, like flying around with a cape. Um, mm-hmm. He's again, back to the Simonson run when I was a kid, it just like infatuated me. It's one of those characters. Like I almost am going to pick for, like just how cool he looks visually and yeah, how much yeah, like, yeah. that's what got me into him you know what I, I mean he stands out and like seeing him <laughs> in live action could be completely nightmarish but i still want it and <laughs> so badly marvel knows that we want it too because i mean he's been teased more than any other character probably uh i mean other than the introduction in uh in Ragnarok where he was the, the champion on the outside of the grandmasters, you know, chamber and, and, mm-hmm. um, Qatar or wherever world that was sitar, whatever. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Where, where else has he been teased out? I mean, Stormbreaker was his big weapon. And we've yeah. Seen yeah. Yeah. They took the name of it. And then, uh, in the first guardians movie, there's a guy in a red cape in the collector's gallery that a lot of people always suspected may have been better. A bill. And then, uh oh fuck oh uh and then the end game the planet that young gamora is on is the corbinites right yes yeah Uh, yeah i do i do remember that so i mean i don't know they could say retcon that because they never said that was where it was other than outside material like the director is talking about it Eh. i think with the you know, the right look, the look is going to be so important with Beta Ray mm-hmm. Bill, but but with the right look uh, paired with the right tone and, you know, you get somebody who's on board, um, whether it be, you know, live action or it's probably going to be like a completely CGI or motion capture performance. Yeah, yeah. The introduction of Beta Ray Bill 
you know, because it's going to be inevitable that Hemsworth isn't going to want to do this role forever would not only make a lot of fans really happy, but it will be too hot of a commodity if done right. Um, mm-hmm. He could be adorable and he could be very, very well liked. You know what I mean? You could sell Beta Ray Bill shit at a Disney store in any way, shape or form. And I guarantee somebody out there will buy it. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. it's too big for Marvel not to do. Well, he also a character with Taika leading the Thor franchise at the moment. Then it seems like he would love to use the character. You would think just from how off the wall it is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And how deep rooted in the actual like mythology of the Thor comics, like Beta Ray Bill is. Like since the mid '80s and Simonson's run, like he has been the main character basically in like almost any Thor book ever. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being one of its flagship titles within the the grander Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think Beta Ray Bill would kind of be not only a safe bet, but but almost too big of an opportunity for you know he's he's almost a Marvel heavy hitter. So, um, mm. with that said, what what would your number two be? Uh, this one will be no surprise to you since you know okay. that I love uh, Namor. He, uh, he is not an X character. I know he's been a member of the X Men and stuff like that, but. He was, just, he was just slumming it there for a time. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Uh, but yeah, I, I love like the concept of the ruler characters like Black Panther, uh, Black Bolt, uh, and Namor, and any number of them. Just I, I think that's an interesting perspective to tell a story from in the superhero genre. Uh, and interesting dynamic for a hero to have, too, because they're a legitimate ruler. Well, yeah, I, I throw him on the heroes list, but he, he's just as well a villain at times too. Oh, wait till our villains list. Maybe he'll (laughs) pop up. Winky, winky. (laughs) Winky, Uh, winky. But yes, yes. And then just like uh, introducing Atlantis. There's just a lot that comes with the character. Uh, Atlantis could be a new, well, not have the same cultural impact as Wakanda, but be a new, you know, subsect location and race for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to introduce within its own, you know, earthbound place, the way that they've brought, Mm -hmm. you know, Wakanda and the Wakandans into the fold easily. Yes, yes. Uh, And we don't have enough Jack dudes and Speedos in the MCU and Namor fits the bill. (laughs) No, yeah, the the biggest hurdle, I think, with him is like the costume. Are they going to go the old school speedo or one of his more modern looks like uh, <laughs> the I, I'm thinking, I mean they're all ridiculous in their own way like even the stuff where he's got more clothes on he's got this huge popped collar that uh uh it's i'm down with it whatever <laughs> me too me yeah. too I, I do think that he probably works better as a supporting character than like running his own series because of how uh unlikable he should be as far as his level of arrogance namor is especially known for being a dick and getting his way you Mm know he's one of the he has one of the biggest egos in the entire marvel universe uh like dr doom and then reed and emma frost are the only characters i can think of that (laughs) compare again he's even when he is a hero nobody really likes him you know i can't think of like a friend that namor has just it's a different kind of dynamic like you could easily make namor the next uh like loki-esque character the love to hate kind of guy you know you Mm -hmm. know with a different vibe than loki playing that kind of role will they won't they um you know but but has your back at the end of the day kind of character do you know what i mean yeah 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 uh Less of a starting out. Well, I guess they could start him out as a villain, but I mean, just more heroic than Loki generally. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I, 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 in you know Hickman's uh, Avenger run, the concept of almost like uniting the like kingdoms or powers of earth and having like a representative for each one to play this like Marvel Illuminati role. Cause I know like the Illuminati is a group that, you know, even though we've lost a lot of the characters um, because the actors have resigned or they killed them off or whatever in the MCU, Mm -hmm. the Illuminati is a group that like a certain fan base I think is kind of clamoring for, because I think Mm -hmm. there is a lot to do there. And especially with bigger cosmic threats coming with the Fantastic Four, you know, obviously being introduced and the mutants being introduced, I think the Illuminati would be a cool thing to have. And, you know, having Namor like kind of play a, a more sinister heroic role would, would yeah, be Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Illuminati is kind of like a, a morally 
dubious group. Uh, yeah, it's a gray area. It's a gray area. Yeah, and, and I mean, they do some very, very things that are character. just flat out uh, awful, but it's for the, <laughs> They murder universes. <laughs> yes, yes, entire Daily, universes. Like every 20 like minutes. Billions and billions of people. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's the same one of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your I guess, uh, next... So I, I, I kind of want to like go for a little bit of variety and, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've often said on the show, one of the things that first brought um, you and I and, and our other co-host Kira together was kind of our mutual love for horror movies. <clears throat> and, you know, we met, you know, just discussing horror movies in various groups across the Internet and with things like Blade announced and seeing the dark hold take, you know, a bigger place in the Marvel cinematic universe. And even the mention of the Nexus, mm-hmm. um, my number two is going to be man thing, a character that's near and dear my heart because I love mock encrusted swamp monsters so much. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to not compare man thing to Marvel's kind of, you know, Swamp thing swamp rip off, yes, of, uh, lesser cousin, you know, and no, <laughs> he hasn't had as many memorable runs as a character like DC Swamp Thing, but this large, slow moving humanoid swamp monster that guards a nexus to another dimension, who's basically an empath that can instill like the worst fear that you can possibly think of upon you, where mm-hmm. like his power is just so sad, and he's such like a sad, lumbering creature. And no, I don't necessarily want a man thing movie. But with more and more, you know, horror elements and different various genre elements coming into the MCU, I think Man Thing, plus his design, so cool. He would make such a cool um, addition to the uh, heroic fold of Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah. And variety is kind of what makes the MCU fun. uh, And and once Blade comes out, that's uh, presumably going to break open the horror end of Marvel. If Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness doesn't do it first. Uh, yeah, or or uh, Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Not forget. part of the MCU. Not part of the MCU. But maybe it'll yeah, make maybe. sexy um, sexy horror uh, superheroes more popular in the cultural uh, yeah, landscape. I mean, if anyone can do it, it's uh, Jared Leto, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's the staggering... Uh, drawing power uh he's sending his castmates vials of blood and used condoms or whatever the hell he does to get into character yeah 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 um steve gerber's initial man thing run is kind of a classic in my opinion It, it ran about 39 issues which is almost about two dozen issues more than you would expect a, uh, you know, a man thing run to kind of go, but it did go for a significant <laughs> amount of time, possibly because of the popularity of Swamp Thing with Alan Moore writing him in the Wes Craven movie and everything coming out around the same time. But at the mm-hmm. same time, um, it wasn't satire, but Gerber's stuff is almost like an homage to really silly Silver Age genre and pulp stuff that I'm a big fan of, like EC comics and, um, and comedy comics of the time, too, because, you know, he brought Howard the Duck into the fold, actually, through that Man-Thing run. And it's it's very weird. It's very cynical. It's very sarcastic. It's very funny. And uh, Man-Thing looks great. You know, he's a great-looking character because he's basically Swamp Thing with an elephant tusk and um, – or trunk, rather. And, and I just want to see more and more of him. So um, Man-Thing is my number two. Who is your number three top hero that you want to see introduced in the MCU? Okay, this one may not count uh, because there technically is a movie being made. Uh, but All right, well, so it's up MCU. for debate. Let's let's do it. Uh, Spider Woman. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not a uh, not Silk or Spider Gwen. We're talking Jessica Drew. Yeah, Spider Woman. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's despite the name, she's not really. A Spider Family character, though I'm sure Sony probably owns the rights, uh, just to prevent uh, competition there. But just because it has Spider in the name, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You don't want fucking Disney put out a Spider Woman movie by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's especially if they go with like uh, the motherhood angle, like one of her recent uh, comics did. It could be fun. Uh, 
Nancy Drew has a lot of ties to Nancy, Nancy Drew. Drew. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm solving a groovy mystery over here. This cinematic universe just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it's, it's, getting, it's crossing over with the Rivendell yeah. uh, franchise. Um, Jessica Drew, like you said, no relation to Spider-Man. It does not have spider powers. just has spider in her name. Doesn't even particularly uh, like Spider-Man. It's... Doesn't really even like him, but does have cool little web things on her armpits, which I really am into. Um, but she kind of famously most recently has a lot of ties to things that I see the Marvel Cinematic Universe moving into the direction of, namely S.W.O.R.D. being part of WandaVision yes, and yes. the concept of the New Avengers. And she was actually one of the founding members of the first New Avengers team from the, the Bendis run after Avengers Disassemble and everything. Um, I could very much see the next Avengers movie being called the new Avengers. I can very much see things moving towards the shield direction and having her, you know, Jessica drew be a character, but not be spider woman necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of Which I don't want to see, but yeah, yeah. I could see them introducing Jessica drew. Who's a cool character on her own outside of fighting crime and monsters. <laughs> I, I am kind of curious when we'll get an update on what shield status is at this point we saw them i think last in age of ultron and when they came to rescue people but then they're kind of off the map again did i say uh, shield instead of sword by the way oh <laughs> uh, i think once maybe but okay uh, yeah yeah well you said sword once i think the first time but okay yeah, it's fine well, my it's brain fine. is mush so i just wanted to make sure um yeah i don't know technically what the status of shield is in the marvel cinematic universe considering mm-hmm. you know agents of shield is being uh retconned and retconned more and more by the minute basically you know uh what they're deciding to take from that show and not take from that show is oh, yeah. well, we fast also, and loose. yeah we also probably should have clarified that we're not picking any characters from like the netflix so shows or any of that because oh but i was gonna choose quake <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you're joking or not. I see your face and I can't I can't read it. It's uh, Okay, so yeah. Quake's off the table. It's okay. So yeah, no no yeah. Punisher, no Daredevil too. Yeah, yes, that's really what all I'm saying. No Punisher, no Daredevil. No uh, Iron Spider- Fist though. But Iron Fist I think is a character that I don't expect them to ever really take another crack at because of uh the backlash they got last time. Which is a bummer it. because he's so popular too. Like, yeah, Iron yeah. Fist is a very popular character, in my opinion. Everyone likes him. I mean, I suppose if they like made him an Asian character, maybe to uh, and do that, but then you still have like a stereotypical uh, uh, martial arts rule. What do anyway. you think of uh, Jessica <laughs> Drew's costume being adapted for live action? Because it's a very flashy, funny '70s getup. You know, R.G. Goodwin first. Oh, I was thinking of uh, one of her, the run where she's pregnant. That costume, I think, lends itself fairly well to Mm -hmm. modern standards. Uh, Well, yeah. I I I wouldn't even be opposed to them. Like like Power Girl. It's just, it's got the funny domino-y mask and and armpit wings. It's very, and it's bright as hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they could go like, uh, take Julia Carpenter's uh, black and white uh, costume if, Except for the, the from piss off Sony, since that's Venom, uh, basic look. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of um, of Jessica Drew. Not so much Nancy Drew, but but I'm totally with you. Um, you know what? Actually, since we're on the topic of not only um, potential Sony characters that could be used and we're not really sure about i i do want to throw one in so mm-hmm. again this might not count either so let me know but with number three i would i'd like to take the black cat and felicia hardy oh yeah yeah she's on my my list as well uh, okay she's fair game right we could say it because again she's another character that i'm not really sure where the rights lay like they could probably well, introduce they were talking about doing hardy, like a, but not black cat right yeah yeah they were talking about doing a, a silver sable and black cat team up movie which i, I don't think <laughs> anyone really wanted but silver uh, and black right Wasn't yeah that yeah yeah uh, and they had but, a good writer um Drew yeah i Goddard heard that the screenplay was actually good but i i just that mentally that just didn't appeal to me at all uh but yeah felicia hardy getting a live action of her as black cat would be nice especially if it complicates peter's love life that's especially what i want to see 
Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, Peter Parker has had more love interests than most in the MCU, and for him to, like, wind up with the first girl that he... Well, I guess he dated this album, but... Uh, but, yeah, to end up with MJ so soon... Uh, I, I kind of like to see, to see them go on a break, even though I love that dynamic they have, just to get Felicia Hardy in there to complicate things. She has powers, they bond over this, and... I know. I... I... I want that part of the character the most i think it would be really fun if spider-man was having a relationship with black cat and peter was having a relationship with mj even if they're not the relationship doesn't mean banging you fucking mm-hmm. perverts listening um relationship just like we're talking the to kind you jason like, we're talking to you <laughs> david <laughs> And if we didn't say your name, we're talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. So not boning, but but kind of a. I would like to see some sort of nerdy kind of uh, sexual chemistry be- between Peter and Black Cat while they're both in costume, and then mm-hmm. nerdy sexual chemistry being complicated with MJ and Peter. You know what I mean? Like I I think that stuff is fun where it's like. Spider-Man's having an affair with this person, but Peter's having an affair with this person. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But outside of the costume, she's just some bitch who goes to their high school who's an asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, pretty like much. Like, she's the opposite of MJ in this world, and I think that Tom Holland's character and uh, Zendala, whose name I could probably just pronounce wrong, would have Zendaya. a lot of uh, Zendaya. They would have a lot of fun hamming that up as much as possible and doing mm-hmm. the teenage end of that awkward kind of thing. Like, I kind of like this person, but I kind of like this person very, very well. Yeah, before. yeah. Uh, relationship drama is kind of a staple of Peter Parker uh, in general. Uh so is paying the rent and we're never going to get to see this Peter Parker have to pay the rent because his best friend and mentor is a billionaire. And I was going on a run today and this was like driving me crazy. I was like, you know what sucks? Tom Holland never has to worry about rent in these movies. And that's kind of like the most fun thing about Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Well, that means... Topic, but... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's had a little bit of tragedy, but he could use a little more. Like, <laughs> I, I yeah. love MCU Spider-Man, but yeah, it's... We don't really see him reeling from the loss of Uncle Ben at all. We get a little bit with Tony, but... uh, And if anyone from Marvel Studios is listening, please do not kill Marissa Tomei. We want to see Aunt May (laughs) in all of these movies. (laughs) Well, I was just thinking if they they killed Zendaya's uh, MJ, that would be uh, Mm. unexpected. And uh, with that actress uh, kind of being on the rise she may not want to do these movies forever so oh you sound like a heartless monster talking about this <laughs> <laughs> i was not raised with love it's I, uh... <laughs> from the womb to the tomb Travis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your uh what's your number four uh top hero that you want to see added to the marvel cinematic universe Okay, this is one that I know they get hounded about a lot, uh, and that's uh, Nova. Whether it be Richard Ryder or Sam Alexander, some version of one of the main Novas, not just the Nova core. Uh, and where the MCU is at right now, it feels like a great time to introduce him because Xandar is destroyed, the snap happened, they're likely still not recovered from the destruction of Xandar, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and I can see a way for you to introduce either one of them from that scenario. I'm really happy that you kind of use Nova, the character, as kind of a way to say both Richard Ryder and Sam Alexander, because I was going to do the exact same thing and just be like, I'm using one pick to take two characters, but... <laughs> Um, oh, that I mean, was my I, I that was my deep plan too. Stuff like that, yeah, 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 absolutely. That was my plan too because obviously Richard Ryder is kind of the the more historical, better known character, and he actually mm-hmm. is who John C. Riley's character, who I'm not going to pretend to remember. Um, yeah, when he's dying, he basically gives his Green Lantern ring, aka the Nova Corps helmet and suit, to Richard Ryder, and he's been the historically Nova for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. He had a great arc in Annihilation with um, 
both you and I speak very highly of on this show. If you want to read a cosmic Marvel event, it is kind of the best of the best at the time. Mm-hmm. But I have such a soft spot for Sam Alexander because another thing we talk about a lot on the show is my fondness for the Marvel Now era. That was the second launch of the Marvel Now books, probably around like 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeff Loeb as a writer is someone who I really, really loved at a point in my life. He was one of my favorite writers of all time. And then he did some stuff that just like really like it sucked. Like Ultimatum was like one of the worst comics ever. And I was like, what is happening to Jeff Loeb? I used to love this guy. Um, He had a lot of personal tragedy in his life where his own son, who was very young, passed away. And then one of the first books he wrote after coming back from his hiatus after working in television for a while and the son passing away was the Nova relaunch launch rather with uh, Sam Alexander Mm. Uh, and I would love more teenage kind of audience surrogates for younger kids and Sam Alexander is kind of the best one. It's, it's like flight of the navigator meets Marvel meets the green lantern kind of where it's just this little kid goes on a cosmic adventure and learns about his dad who he never knew. So he can never love. And you know, it's really got, it's got a lot of, great father-son stuff that you and I talk about Guardians 2 a lot and all the family stuff working. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of creative kid stuff. And it's got a lot of fun, you know, space copping shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Ned, and he's also a member of the Champions, and I have a feeling that's going to be rolled into the Young Avengers uh, when we get that. Uh, uh, also, like, just the evil part of me was thinking that, you know, if they go young, they can probably trick a kid into signing a 20-movie deal, and he's just <laughs> there in perpetuity. It's... He doesn't know that it's a bad idea if he doesn't have a good agent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Uh, Um... One thing you and I talk about often, and it seemed it came up a lot when we were doing our WandaVision miniseries with the introduction of Wiccan, is how much we loved um, Gillen's uh, Young Avengers run back in the day. Um, there are characters being, we had Patriot come in during Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we know that American Chavez is going to play uh, what sounds like from some news this week, a little bit bigger role than we even anticipated in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. There's potential Kid Loki coming. Uh, sorry if Kid Loki was going to be one of your picks, by the way, uh, in, um, <laughs> in uh, you know, this Loki series. But one of the characters that I really liked um from that run particularly is Hulkling, AKA Emperor Hulkling. And for my number four, I'm going to take Hulkling of the, um, of the young Avengers. Um, I think he's a really sweet, sincere character. He's kind of like the tank of the group in terms of like power sets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's and a, he's not just a Hulk clone either. Like it's not no. just like red Hulk or uh, it's, I, I tend to dislike uh, the Hulk spinoffs, but that's not really, that's not what he is. Uh, I think they're totally new and totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to commend you for uh, having some self-control and not just picking the entirety of the Young Avengers team as one pick. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Dude, that, uh, that, that Garen, um, Karen Gillen, Jamie McKelvey run on Young Avengers really made me fall in love with, um, both Wiccan and Hulkling. I guess, I'll, you know, Wiccan's already been introduced in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of a package deal. If you're going Plus, to do one, you should do They both. are. And and uh, as, you know, maybe some listeners don't know, but they're kind of the, um, the most high-profile LGBTQ relationship in comic books, especially mainstream comic books like Marvel or DC. And I think that ties a lot into... Um, his origin of kind of being this outcast on earth, but he's actually the product of a Cree and a scroll mating this kind of like forbidden love too. Isn't that his origin? He's half Cree, yes. half scroll. Yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, he's always kind of been this outcast in society based on like his two, you know, it's like Romeo, like Montague Capulet shit. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that kind of outsidery thing, looking for this acceptance and, and being deserving of it, I think would be nice as we see more and more inclusion also within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, whether that be, you know, um, with the LGBT community or, you know, Wakanda or any of these things um, or Shang-Chi having like a primary 
Asian cast. Uh, Marvel's doing a better and better job at, you know, having a lot of inclusion within the universe. And I think that stuff's important. And Hulkling's a dope character way beyond the fact that, you know, he's just kind of the most high profile um, homosexual character. Uh, You ready for my final pick? I'm born ready for your final pick. I'm really curious what your final pick is because I have some jokey ones and then I have some serious ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, I've got like a ton of honorable mentions and stuff. Yeah, we'll do our honorable mentions. Yeah, there's just so yeah. many still that I, I want to mention. Uh, we said no Fantastic Four characters, and and we were talking the core four, but we were uh, Franklin and Valeria Richards were not oh. included there, and that's my final pick. Um, oh, that was going to be my last pick, too, I swear. Yeah, um, I just want... I know Valeria's backstory is a bit more complicated, and it, uh, it it's tough because I tend to not like child actors, and <laughs> I still want these characters. They're... And to see them grow up and... If you yeah. get a quippy actress to play Valeria and a good quippy actress, her relationship with Doctor Doom is one of the funniest things in Marvel Absolutely. Comics. It's one of the best things about modern comics. It's also opinion. like just it humanizes Doom a bit, which I hope is the plan when they finally introduce them. Uh, not right away, of course, but just, yeah, yeah. Seeing him have this uh, godfather... Uh, <laughs> Uh, role uh, for Valeria, where he he literally named her, uh, and then Franklin's just like a god. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, if if we were gonna talk and and Travis, one of the things I almost put on my list was um the Council of Reed Richards. I was gonna put make a caveat and say Reed Richards, <laughs> but a multiverse Reed Richards, where like we just get to see Reed Richards go on adventures with other Reeds because yeah, they're yeah, the only yeah. people that, that they trust. I'd sign up for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> that was gonna be my way of sneaking a Fantastic Four character onto the list. That or use uh Franklin and Valerian as my final picks too. But Franklin Richards and we know Kang is coming. Is yeah, yeah. You can introduce him before Reed as an adult, and it would still kind of make sense in some comic booky mumbo jumbo way. The way he time travels and controls realities and makes realities, um, it's bananas, you know. And Valerian being as smart as her dad is again amazing, amazing characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, also with them, one of the perks of just being a movie universe is. Unlike the comics, you will get to see these characters grow up. Uh, not just like older time travel versions of themselves, but yeah. Now they may wind up recasting if they do introduce them or whatever down the line, but yeah. Uh, get actual roles in development, uh, potentially. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right. So who's your last pick? I mean, I'm torn between three. Um, <laughs> one of them. It wasn't in the MCU, but we did see him cinematically on the silver screen in a, a little-known movie called Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, and that okay, is Johnny Johnny Blaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one that I'm torn between might already exist because of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's uh, Robbie Reyes, the Ghost Rider mm-hmm. who drives a hot rod. But I like characters that look fucking cool. I like characters that are on fire with uh, leather jackets, and... When I was a kid in the 90s reading comic books, I might not have realized it at the time, but the character who was on fire wearing a leather jacket with a fire chain and a motorcycle that I fell in love with just because he looked so damn cool was neither Johnny Blaze or Robbie Reyes. That was Danny Ketch's Ghost Rider. And that's the Ghost Rider I want to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that's the best looking one. And they've already done the other two, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's kind of whenever I was a kid, uh, Danny Ketch was a Ghost Rider. Johnny Blaze was just Johnny Blaze at that point. I, when I was a kid, I didn't even realize he was Ghost Rider beforehand. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, Danny Ketch, and he definitely has the coolest motorcycle of the uh, of the two, huh? He's got the motorcycle with the cool black top kind of thing. Um, much like Venom a character in the comics that I don't love and I think is a cooler action figure than he is a character and a cooler yeah, thing for a yeah. little boy to just be like badass than an mm-hmm. actual character. Ghost Rider is one of those characters again with the right take and 
do the fucking history of the ghost rider, do the phantom rider, you know what I mean? And like have the whole history of the ghost rider be explained and just, just go for it. It would be very funny. Uh, he's got a lot of ties to like nightmare and Mephisto, things along those lines, stuff that we already have kind of being introduced ties to blade as well. Um, but I, I do think the spirit of vengeance makes a great cinematic looking thing and I'd be totally down for like a Michael Bay style Ghost Rider movie set in the MCU. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, with the introduction of Blade and the horror stuff, like we talked earlier, I do kind of wonder if they're going to do Midnight Suns and all that, uh, or a version of it, like even if it's in name only. Uh, which was not Danny, Ke- which was not Johnny Blaze. That was Danny Ketch at the time, by the way, in Midnight Suns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say Blaze was there, but he was just Blaze. Uh, it was. Uh, he had like a, a hellfire shotgun or whatever. Who are some of your honorable mentions that didn't make the list that you want to give a shout out to? Okay. Uh, God, uh, Moon Dragon is one. Like, oh, and with I the, have her too. Yeah, yeah. With Drax kind of on the way out, according to Dave Batista, I think it would be a good opportunity for them to introduce her as uh, tweak it a bit. He, she's still his daughter, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it's she's obviously not an Earthling, but neither is this version of Drax. Uh, but uh, having Dave Batista with these recent comments about kind of being on his way out, introducing yeah. his family in a way that you know other Guardians characters' families have been introduced would be very fitting for Guardians Three. A very mm-hmm. fitting send off. Yeah, yeah. Dragon like having him learn that his his daughter actually survived because we don't really know how they died, other than that Ronan killed them. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it it would be easy. Uh, and her look is so cool where mm-hmm. she's another, another, we were joking before. I'm not sure if we got it on air, but, but you and the bald, uh, the bald lady heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Where another, I have, where I have a type, uh, you, you paint them <laughs> yes. a color and put stuff on their face and shave their head. And that's, that's kind of my type. Exactly. Like we were joking about the Omega Sentinel kind of looking like uh, Nebula, but Moondragon kind of looks like that too. Mm -hmm. But she's not made of any, she's not like superpower, right? She like taught herself all of the things that she did. You know, I I, I I know about her from a lot of the Starland Starland comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And there's another one of those characters I saw a lot uh, in early Silver Surfer, well, in 90s Silver Surfer, rather. Uh, Yeah, like the uh, the Warlock in the Infinity Watch. Yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd also throw in uh, Songbird uh, from the Thunderbolts. Uh, I just the Thunderbolts in general, but the Songbird especially because she looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's dope looking. I have her on my list too. She also got powers from like a meteor or some cool shit or something along those lines. I forget. Oh uh, yeah, well her powers. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I I've only read a tiny bit of Thunderbolts, but they remind me of uh, like a Green Lantern. It kept with sound almost. Yes. Uh, but yes, there is one or two there are one or two glaring omissions from both of our lists uh, dark hawk <laughs> <laughs> oh i think Obviously. he's coming eventually you know yeah, we're we're running out of characters but we'll no, get the uh, techno organic raptor arbor or whatever the fuck it yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> uh but i mean these are so many characters in next two but like miles morales and uh spider gwen are just some heroic version of gwen stacy uh, but uh, that's not really not as MCU. Uh, I mean, Miles, Miles could be down the line, but I, I want that down the line, like at the end of movie six. <laughs> Absolutely, and it, when they fully have the rights back and everything, and Peter mm-hmm. Parker's gone as due, that's when we bring Miles into the fold. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I had Wonder Man as a uh, an honorable mention. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say him for a little while because I really do like Wonder Man. Uh, West Coast Avengers was the first Marvel book I ever read. So I was mm-hmm. kind of partial to Marvel Man and Disco Vision and um, and Scarlet Witch and, and Hawkeye and, and uh, Tigra and all those characters I'm for some just, reason when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, I'm just imagining what if uh, Wonder Man was introduced and he was like wildly popular to where he got his own solo title, like a solo movie. And then you Marvel make it puts meta. out Wonder Man, and it, it, it's just 
It's toxic masculinity taking things back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know I'm actually just thinking about how quickly DC would try to sue them. I mean, they kind of, I'm sure they've done it in the past, but yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think um I think Captain Britain would be a fun character eventually. Yeah, I have him and, and the whole Union Captain Britain four on my uh, list. Uh, Who who's the other one you have? I'm sorry. Uh, Union Jack. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Captain Britain core being nothing like you think they're going to be. You th- like when you hear Captain Britain, do you think, oh, British Captain America? You know what I mean? But yeah, then it's like, yeah, no, but- no, no. He like protects the multiverse yes. and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, crazy. You know, crazy, weird well, stuff. Well, it's kind of tied into like, it's not really tied into man thing, but they both have this nexus of all realities that you're depending. Yes. <laughs> Which is uh, odd, but I mean, that's comics. <laughs> uh Yeah. I agree. And, I mean, it just adds another fantasy element uh, in general. Like, uh, I've been reading Dynamax and Excalibur is very fantasy-oriented. Uh, yeah, it's um a lot of, like, a, you know, whimsical kind of, um, you know, alternate worlds and magical places and things along those lines. That would mm-hmm. be a lot of fun and kind of unexpected, I think, with Captain Britain, too. Um, uh, yeah. some, some, like, kind of tanks, like... Uh, Hyperion and Sentry and and guys along those lines um, that yeah, are kind Superman of analogs, yeah, yeah. Gladiator uh, from the Shi'ar, uh, but uh, exactly, yes, yes. Uh, any ha- having of one of those fun. around, yeah, having one of those around, you know what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. even a Squadron Supreme or something along those lines, um, which would maybe be a little too close for home, uh, poking fun at. Uh, the justice league but it would you know it would be uh it would be fun as like a kind of it would nod, only be uh, in poor taste if they shot everything in a sepia tone in slow motion with that <laughs> uh, and they made four cuts of it for it to actually be a good movie yeah yeah it's uh it's on the nose at that point but i think other than that you can get away with it yeah i think it'll be yeah. fine um yeah no i i'm curious um obviously if you're listening to this you know Jump into the comments wherever you are listening to this. Let us know who your uh, most anticipated top five characters that you'd like to see join the MCU are. Go ahead and tell us and join our Facebook page, the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast Facebook group, and let us know and talk about all and everything Marvel with a bunch of like-minded Marvelites like ourselves. Um, We have plenty more Merry Marvel Roundout. Obviously, we have uh, Loki coming sooner than later. Um, which I'm really excited to get back to kind of week to week programming because it has yes, been yes. a while. <laughs> this is oh, the I know. longest I'm gap, right? That we're gonna, huh? Yeah. This is the longest gap that we're gonna have for quite some time without Marvel content, right? Uh I'd have to check my calendar, but uh, I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> Even when we Modoc, do- uh, Yeah, Modoc's cool. We'll do a Modoc episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but until next time when we see you on the MCU Beyond Affinity podcast, I am John. I'm Travis. We are Venom. <laughs>